Patrick. All right, back with another podcast episode. Um, Sarah, welcome to the East Coast. <laughs> I know I'm back on the East Coast. Um, nice to is, be is back. Maine, is Maine technically the East Coast? Yeah, like big. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you know the deal. Come on. <laughs> you're almost you're almost in Canada. That that's true, actually. That's true. Back in back in New England. Um, and you know, there's no place better to be in the summer than no. New England. It's so hot down here in DC. And obviously you saw what has gone on in Europe for the last several days. Yes. London yesterday, what, 40 degrees Celsius? Oh, which God. means not which sweat. means nothing to me until then we tell. Uh, you know, then you tell me that it's 104.1 degrees, but um, yeah, broke the all time record. There's fires. People are dying. They're not they're not set up for that. They don't have a lot of those places don't have air conditioning. Uh, I read an article where it says most of the homes, you know, in, in that area are built to keep the heat in because it's always chilly and cold and, you know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I went, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. The London, um, it broke the record, huh? That was the yeah. hottest day they've ever had in recorded weather history. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, that is insane. When you think about it, when you go to Europe, it is so cool. Usually year round. And Arizona's like, ugh, hold, 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 <laughs> hold my beer, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> at, at like 121. <laughs> oh, but it's a dry, it's a dry heat. I remember yeah. I was, I was playing golf in Vegas once. And it was literally like 120 degrees. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's a dry heat. Yeah, so is a grill. And I put my hand on the golf cart metal. And literally, it was like. 120 degrees. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That only goes so far with the, the dryness. 120 is 100 freaking 20. It's like in L.A. when you're, you know, you're not in the valley, but you're in like L.A., like West Side, and it is 90 degrees. You you do notice like what the dry heat difference is, you know, yeah. but, but once you go over 100, I'm with you. Like it doesn't really. Why matter. is the, the valley's less humid, correct? Well, the valley's just hotter, you know, yeah. so even though it's 100 oh, hotter, okay. It's the same thing as Vegas, where people go, oh, it's dry heat. But you're like, it's still 110 degrees yeah. when I get out of the car. I mean, once you get over like 90 it's yeah. hot. Like, I, so DC is going to be almost a hundred today. Um, and through the weekend. Yeah. Well, that's not unusual for us. You know, I mean, a hundred still a hundred. Right? <laughs> crazy. Um, well, where do you want to, I mean, you know, per usual, I feel like the past two months we've had tons to talk about. Where we, do got, you want to we got crazy topics. Uh, so I, I guess we'll start with, you know, kind of breaking news in the, in Maryland with the, uh, so yesterday was the primary uh, election in Maryland. It had been scheduled for mid-June, and then it was postponed to July 19th. Obviously, there was early uh, mail-in voting. There was mail-in voting, early voting. So, yeah, some crazy results. So for, well, I guess we'll start on the Republican side for governor. Dan Cox, endorsed by Trump. Oh. You know, clearly you know, far right. I don't know what that means, but far right, uh, an election denier uh, allegedly was, I don't even know if it's allegedly, but I don't know for sure because I've read it. Uh, I believe down, he was at the rally on January 6th, uh, was not only endorsed by Trump, but the Democrats spent well over a million dollars running positive ads about Dan Cox. So it's it's been a democratic strategy in many states to 
run ads in these states to prop up the more right-wing Trump-endorsed candidate to hopefully have them win the nomination, and then it's an easier time for them. Then they could paint that person as an election denier, more right, Trump-related, and have an easier time in the general election. It's actually a very good strategy and totally legal. Um, so anyway, Dan Cox was running against uh, Kelly Schultz. Hogan endorsed moderate candidate, and uh, Dan Cox crushed her. So Dan Cox, the Trump-endorsed candidate, will be the Republican nominee for governor to replace Larry Hogan, and will get crushed will absolutely get crushed by a surprise winner on the Democratic side, a gentleman by the name of Wes Moore. Is, um, his story is interesting. Kind of came out of nowhere in the last year. When I say nowhere, from a political standpoint, nowhere. So he was uh, went to junior college, uh, then went to Hopkins, then uh, served four years in the military, uh, actually saw combat in Afghanistan. Okay. Then he um, he uh, you know started a small business, and uh, then became a wrote a book, and that got picked up, I believe, by Oprah. Then he got a show on Oprah's network. Uh, he's a TV producer. Then he became the CEO of Robinhood, which is the nonprofit that serves uh, food to underprivileged uh, or just hungry children, I believe, is is their main focus. Uh, Going to win in a landslide uh, on the relative landslide on the Democratic side, considering the uh, number of candidates, Tom Perez looks like he'll finish second. Peter Francho, who's the current comptroller, will finish third. And then everyone else will be, you know, so so you're looking at Westmore, Oprah-endorsed, uh, candidate seems moderate though. I mean, you know, again, he ran more progressive because he had to, I think on the democratic side, we'll see how he governs. Cause he's going to be Dan Cox. Uh, he, he, he describes himself as a social Democrat, fiscal moderate, not a fiscal conservative, fiscal moderate pro business, pro military, um, you know, and obviously very focused on poverty. Um, Baltimore native. Yeah. Baltimore native. Uh, actually, originally, I believe Tacoma Park left, came back, I think, resided in Baltimore. They, he, you know, they, they had said he was going to run for Baltimore mayor, chose not to. Uh, anyway, long story short, looks um, like Westmore will be the next Maryland governor. And, you know, so what do you read into this? You know, did Maryland's Republicans go more right? Possibly. I think Trump definitely pushed Republicans, has pushed Republicans more right. right. I also think, though, and I mean this, I've tweeted about it. I've talked about it. I think as this country gains independence, right, more people identify as independents today than ever before. I think in Maryland alone, there's 900,000 registered independents. I'm, yeah. I'm one of them. I got yeah. I got registered as a Democrat in California, but I, I got to change. Yeah. So yesterday, 900,000 registered independents yeah. had no had no voice, zero voice. You can't vote in a primary in Maryland 
unless you're a registered Democrat or Republican. That has to change. These states need to go to open primaries or at least allow independents to vote. I mean, and it's not only on the top ticket, you know, the governors and so forth, county execs. You can't even vote for school board members. You should be able to go into a primary booth and vote for Kelly Schultz or Wes Moore, but then also vote for well okay, somebody but- else for county exec and then yeah, a right. Republican judge. Okay, well, go register yourself. No, as a you shouldn't. But, but here's the thing. Here's what I'm saying is that's it's easy to say that. What have we heard from Democrats for the last two years? Stacey Abrams and this one and that one. And vote, vote, vote. Every vote that's matters. Every vote matters. Even if you're freaking at home, can't get out of your house, you, you know, you don't have a TV, go vote. We'll vote. We'll come get you. We'll get your ballot. Every vote matters. But it really doesn't in the primaries. And in some of these primary cities and states, the primary is the election because of the amount of registered Democrats versus Republicans. Larry Hogan only got, I believe, 92,000 votes in 2014 primary. OK. Kelly Schultz got about a, is going to get about 140 ish, 150,000 and lose. Right. Because so many people are independents now. If independents were able to vote yesterday, you could make the case Kelly Schultz will be would have been the nominee for governor because none of those independents would have voted for Dan Cox. But they were their voices weren't heard. Disenfranchised. You shouldn't have to be something you're not. Isn't that what Democrats tell us? Right. So it's interesting how Democrats Democrats don't want independence because damn straight. They don't they don't want it, you know, because they know a lot of independents are going to vote for Republicans. Absolutely. So. You know, uh, and listen, I get in some states, depending on the state we're talking about, it could favor the other side. But there are many states that have open primaries. I think Maryland should be a state that goes open primary. Uh, But this is what's going to happen. You're going to get in another state. You're going to have a Republican endorse a progressive candidate. Hopefully they get the nomination and then the Republican moderate trounces them. So. Anyway, so it looks like Westmore will be the next governor on the county executive race, which where you know where I stand yes. on that race. Yes. Uh, although I have not said publicly. Uh, right now, David Blair, who lost to Mark Elrich four years ago by 77 votes, okay. is ahead. There's still the another idiotic Maryland rule. They don't start counting mail-in votes to 48 hours after the election. They can't start counting to Thursday. How does that make any sense, Sarah? You want to talk about making people question election results? Let's start counting two days later. Like, well, they probably, I mean, no, there's no excuse for it. Actually, there is bipartisan support in Maryland to get rid of that, where you should be able to start counting on the day of election, right? You should. Why aren't they counting today? What are they doing? By the way, I mean, Cox was in, you know, he was endorsed by the Washington Post. I mean, no, you, know. you mean Blair, Blair. Sorry, Blair, Blair. Yeah, thank not you. Cox for sure. <laughs> no, no, not Cox. But thank you for the correction. Uh, Blair, I mean, I mean, the Post did a pretty scathing. Listen, he, he's in, he's in pretty good shape. He's like yeah. four or five, six hundred votes up, which, you know, I believe there's twenty three thousand mail in ballots to, to count, count okay. uh, for Montgomery County. I think he's well, feeling pretty happened- California. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how close. So okay. Hans Reimer, who was on the council, has been on the council currently on the council for 12 years. 
ran. Uh, he'll finish third. There's there's many who say, and possibly rightly so, he had no chance to win. Yet he took. Looks like he's going to get about twelve thousand votes, and you know. My guess is a lot of those people probably would have voted for Blair because if you're not going to vote for the incumbent and you're going to vote for Reamer, right. you're probably not going to vote for Elrich if Hans is not in the race, right? You've made that decision that you don't want what you've had for the last four years. Yeah. So that could, you know, Hans Reamer, you know, and then he tweets out last night, oh, congrats, we rocked it. And they, even though the results aren't what we want, we rocked it. Yeah. Like I've said, Montgomery County, the land of everyone gets a trophy. You didn't rock anything. You lost. You're going to finish third. You got crushed. And you also might cause the county to have Mark Elrich for the next four years. What did you rock? You ran a campaign, by the way, where you got money from taxpayers to do so. You rocked nothing. Like, enough. I, I Seriously. You came in third. What'd you rock? You got out, you, you, you ran some campaign ads and went door to door in the county while they're paying you a hundred and whatever thousand dollars. And oh, by the way, they funded your campaign with taxpayer money. Oh, we <laughs> rocked it. You didn't rock anything. Bye, Hans. And by the way, he's off the council now, too. So goodbye. So and I have nothing against Hans. I don't really know. I'm just saying, like, enough. Like, self congratulating pats on the back when you finish third in May cause the county to have four more years of Mark Elrich, please. I know. He should have got out of the race, endorsed Blair, and we would have had a new county exec by a landslide. But anyway, I digress. All right. So we'll wait and see the results of that. Looks like it could be Blair, but you never know with these. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the other one, Anthony Brown, who, you know, three time ran for governor, lost, was former lieutenant governor for O'Malley. I believe he ran for uh, he ran for Congress and lost. Looks like he's going to be somehow the attorney general. Like you just keep failing up, I guess. Right. You keep losing and then eventually you win. Right. Just keep running. Yeah. By the way, if you don't have a real job and you have nothing else to do, just keep running and you'll win. You'll you'll, you'll I mean, he, I hope he's a lawyer. I'm assuming he is if he's going to be attorney general. But um, yeah. I, I mean, crazy. I right. To that. Right. People get in in their career long. I mean, you know, some people argue with terms and things. That's the issue is like some people are just career politicians a lot of them are and, and it looks like doug gansler who's run for everything oh yeah he's been around for ever he only got three percent i think his political career is finally over so anyway so that that looks like it wraps up maryland okay. the other big the other big news last night and again sorry we're gonna have to talk masks again but dc the dc school system yeah uh announced last night that they are going to require kids 12 and up to have to have a COVID vaccine where they cannot return to school. And they're kind of putting it in this, well, you, you know, it's part of all your immunity. You got to have all these vaccines. The COVID vaccine does not stop you from getting COVID. Correct. It doesn't stop the transmission. Per period. End of story. It does nothing, virtually nothing to stop transmission. So why are we requiring it? A vaccine that, by the way, still hasn't had years of testing. So you're going to force a child who oh. does not want to be vaccinated or their parents don't want to be vaccinated to get vaccinated with a COVID vaccine to return to school. We already have learning down at the lowest levels, maybe in 
long, long time. We already have kids who have just disappeared from the system. Yeah. I saw a story, and again, don't call me on these numbers, but I saw a story that in New York City, they're going to go down since the pre-COVID to now from 1.1 million students to almost 800,000 students. Where did 300,000 students go? Some moved, some private. How many have fallen through the cracks? How many had have just not returned? Disenfranchised, couldn't couldn't keep up with the virtual. Okay, and that's happening over and over. You got LA County reinstating masks. You had the San Diego Unified School System union president say on tape, basically, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, don't come back. You're saying that to students who are in summer school, union president of the teacher of the teachers association in in uh, San Diego. Are these people crazy, Sarah? What well, yeah, is going on? Look, we know we know they are, and then we know. I told you, California is going to slowly revolt. It's a it's a slow process. Well, it's not just California; like they will eventually revolt. I mean, this co- we joke. Oh, we call them Covidians. But it's real. Yeah, but what other states is this happening? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of attention this past week on California where they're reinstating masks. But well, they just did it. DC, well, okay, well, not masks in D.C., vaccines. But but I, who knows where, right? What what? what listen, I, I think ju- I mean, California, like I said, I mean, you can you feel you can feel it in California when you talk to people of all different backgrounds, all different races. I mean, people have had it with California. And I, well, I told you a long time ago, California will go red. You wait. It's going to well, be a while. But California, yet, yet, yet somehow their recall, their recalled governor is, is, is being touted as the front runner to replace he, Biden. He'll get crushed like we talk about. But you wait. It will be very, very close with Rick Caruso and Karen. I mean, and Rick Caruso is a Republican, but people are tired. Yeah. You know, he changed parties. He changed parties. But I think Rick wins by think, a very small. I market. think people are tired. Of, they are. They are. You know, and, 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 you know, I, I have a liberal friend and we argue every day. And, <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, and he, he's a, he does what about is you know, it's like, wow, Republicans are anti-women. And oh, yeah, many are. And it's wrong. OK, the fact that 147 Republican House members yesterday yes. did not vote to codify same sex marriage or it was called the Respect for Marriage Bill. Forty seven did. I be, actually, I think it ended up being 51. Uh, and so it passed, you know, easily. Yeah, yeah, it was we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what happens in the Senate. But the fact that 140 members of the Republican Party don't believe that people of the of the same uh, sexual orientation should get married. Uh, that's wrong. But you know what also is wrong? Forcing kids to wear a mask in school. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. It just is appeasement of unions. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see I, where things go. It's. Uh, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the Democrats have such a hard time messaging, right? I mean, I think abortion. No, see that I, I'm going to disagree with you now. We've agreed a lot last several months, but it's not messaging. It's policy. People say that, oh, the Dems can't message. No, their policies are their policies are terrible sometimes. They don't govern well and their policies are terrible. Look what's going on in all these cities. New York, D.C., 
Baltimore, Philly. Look what I mean. Listen, the CEO of Starbucks is closing stores because he can't keep because his employee can't keep his employees safe. Guess what cities? Everyone run by Democrats. Okay, and I'm not saying there's not crime in Republican cities. There are. There is. Okay, crimes up in many places. But what's going on in over the last several years in New York, Washington, Philly, Baltimore, L.A., San Fran, Chicago? There's a common denominator there. Okay, whether it's weak prosecutors, they 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 criticize the police way too much, so the morale is down. They can't hire enough cops. They didn't hold kids accountable for 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 petty crimes. Uh, And you know what? This is what's happening. You're having crime all over the place, random. And and, you know, listen, it's 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 a problem. You know, here's the thing. Well, okay. I mean, well, there's a really good article. You and you, it was done by WBEZ Chicago, right? So it was, you know, violent crime in Chicago soared and arrests are at historic lows. So, you know, I think what the Democratic, my opinion is where the Democratic Party has gone wrong is they've tried to, they've listened to social movements, right? And social outrage. And we all know, I think, unanimously are in agreement what happened with George Floyd was an excessive use of power, was murder. And rightfully so, that officer is serving 25 years plus in jail, right? But as a result of that, you know, the Democrats try to listen. They think they're listening to the people by, you know, of course, now you hear nobody say defund the police. I mean, we've heard even President Biden refund the police refund okay so we knew that was horrible messaging by the de- this is what i'm saying the democrats have terrible messaging there's a lot of moderate democrats out there we talk about them from connecticut's governor to many others that we really like i mean karen bass you know but yeah. the horrible messaging they they cannot with abortion right i think people what the republicans and Mitch McConnell, who's just a total fucking asshole, you know, did. I mean, he is, you know, what he did so well was simple messaging. You know, abortion is murder. Okay, well, now we know. And I didn't even know this until I had one myself. There's so many medical procedures and the Democrats have had years to come up with a strategy where, you know, I don't know what they've said. Instead of abortion is murder, the anti, you know, abortion is saving women. You know, I mean, that's what they should be doing. But for years, they don't do it. We're in this position where even people like me who are Democrats and I'm a pro-union woman, I'm anti-gun. I have to sit there and like convince myself not to vote for these Republican people because I can't stand the Democrats so much. They're so bad at their messaging. No, that's a great point. So, so you hit, you hit the nail on the head on a few things that we've talked about too. You know, you know, abortion, you know where I stand on it, right? Sure. Yeah. Right. So yet because of some of the most extreme views on abortion, right. With the transgender issues with, um, you know, people not being able to articulate that they don't believe someone at 38 weeks should still be able to decide with their doctor to abort a baby. Okay. Again, assuming the mother is not in a a dire health situation, right? Um, Now what's happened is if you notice the arguments going on now about Roe v. Wade, the Dems are the ones, you know, putting themselves in like in, in, a, in pretzels, trying to explain 
that it's not murder, that there shouldn't be a limit on number of weeks. I said this several weeks ago. What the Dems should have done said 20 weeks, 20 weeks, 20 weeks, 20 weeks, 20 weeks, 20. They should have they should have had a clear, unified message. 20 weeks is the number or 17, whatever. Right. And after that, it's only if the mom, God forbid, is going to die. Right. Totally. And and yeah, you, you, you're right. Like it's like, so, so listen, just like some of the, and and this goes both ways, just like a lot of the Republicans, especially since Trump, they have to walk that fine line of being considered far right or somewhat moderate on certain issues. Right. The Dems do the same. They have to, they have to appease the progressives. Okay. And you know, the, the feminist wing of the party, but at the same time, they can't seem too progressive, depending on where they are and you know their election and, and their issue. And that's where we're at. That's that's where we're at in this country. That's where we're at, right? The, the moderates who we should be electing can't get elected in primaries for the most part, based on gerrymandering and all this other stuff. So you end up with a progressive candidate versus a, you know, and it's just. And that's yeah. where, and most of the country isn't progressive or far right. They're just not. Yeah, no, they're not. And to me, I always, the saying, you know, the, you know, pioneers always get bloody. I mean, for me, it's like with the Democratic Party, they should completely reject AOC and these other idiots. Yeah, the, the AOC and, and the Omar, and uh, make, him, make, him, make him believe they were handcuffed yesterday. And by the way, major news outlets tweeted that they were arrested and showed the picture of them with their hands behind their, their, as if they were handcuffed and didn't say they weren't handcuffed. Like, and then she's waving like, come on. Right. You know, to me there. Oh, and then she was outraged that there was a protester yelling at her, but she was okay that the protesters were outside of Supreme court justice's house. Like it's just hypocrites everywhere. It's just, I'm going to run. I'm running. What do we want you to run should. for? You should. Oh, no, that won't. That, that wouldn't go well. Yeah, right. Once you leave the news business. But my thing with the Republican or with the Democratic Party is I feel like they need to, you know, the, the first 10 people. I mean, look, it's like Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney. I mean, you know, they they disagree with a lot of what Mitch McConnell does. And 100 percent. And, you know, we know Liz Cheney is going to be out, who is shocking considering who her father is and the long right. line of, you know, how Republican they are. Right. But I think we need people in the Democratic Party to be willing to take the fault, which this is the problem. Nobody is willing to do this. I mean, I'm sure you even saw this. Nancy Pelosi's husband sold uh, what was yeah. it something like $40 million in stock? Because we know once you're in, in Senate and Congress, you yeah. have, like, you, you basically have insider trading rights. And I then, mean, and again, alleged. And then Nancy, but alleged. then Nancy's like, I don't own any stock. Okay. But your husband does like, come on. Like, but, but here, willing to have any, like, they're not willing to. Here, here's the other thing too. And I'm in the, we're in the news business. And you know, you'd like, I'd like to think our station does this or re- all our reporters do it, but you know, some, some do, some don't, but you listen to these press conferences, whether it's at the white house or elsewhere, they're asking candidates and politicians questions. The art of follow-up and listening is, is gone away. It's sad from a journalistic standpoint, right? Like, 
did you just hear what that person said? And how about having enough knowledge or enough information to then come back with what they said last time or what the policy is or where do they stand on this, right? Like why isn't someone, or maybe they have, I haven't paid attention in the last you know, 12 hours, but sure. why is she faking like she's handcuffed, right? Like, I, you know, did, did she, you know, it, and again, I'm not picking on OC, AOC because, you know, people on the right do the same thing right it's just uh, it's just frustrating right now the whole system is very 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 frustrating and it seems like we're on a hamster wheel and we just can't get off and you know um but you know i think people to your point you're hearing it in california does it happen in the masses enough i i think that people I think people are getting, I mean, look at Maryland, right? Okay, the, 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 you know, the Democratic candidate, Westmore, businessman, no, pol- no political politics in his past, not an inside Obama guy like Tom Perez, right? Not a former comptroller like Peter Franchot was. And here's an independent, appears to be independent, ex-military, you know, got through junior college, went to Hopkins, uh, started a business, ran a nonprofit, seems to care about people, and he won. So, may, you know, maybe, maybe there, maybe people pay attention and, you know, a, a lot more than, than sometimes we give them credit for, too. You know, and uh, look, I, I've spent, you know, so far this summer going from Michigan to Maine talking, you know, part of my family is super progressive, part of them are conservative. The other problem the Democratic Party has is they need to get rid of Hollywood and stop with these coastal elites. I've yeah. spoken to more family members who are coastal elites who want to tell everybody how they should be living and they have the most money, privilege, all yeah. this stuff. They don't live in neighborhoods that are diverse, but yet they can't wait to champion all these causes. Yeah, it's and they so and they and they wouldn't and they wouldn't and they wouldn't help a refugee in a million years. No, and they are. And if I were the Democratic Party, I would re, I would say we don't want any more. I don't want one Hollywood endorsement. I don't want to be anywhere near. I live near Hollywood now. These people live in the most. Well, it's also like the identity politics. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think of UPenn naming Leah Thomas or nominating, I should say, Leah Thomas for Woman of the Year in sports? I think that it is. Here's my thing. I'm actually not shocked by this because I think this is a typical college move, right? Like a typical, typical liberal college move. What I think this does, though, is it is, you know, offensive to women's rights. I mean, we're seeing whether Roe v. Wade, I mean, everything, right? Macy Gray's comments on, you know, only a woman can get pregnant. Well, you know, of course, people, I mean, she got so much, you're transphobic. Of course, anytime you make any comment like that, you're transphobic. Yeah, now. you're racist, transphobic, fatphobic, misogynist, yeah, the, whatever. You're labeled immediately. You can't have an opinion on something. But I mean, if you're talking about the pure biology of it, unless you have ovaries and a uterus, you're, you're not getting pregnant. I mean, that's, that's the truth <laughs> of what it is. I mean, right? I mean, Leah is, she, I Anybody that wants to be called any pronoun, if you want to identify, I don't care. I'll call you whatever you want. Doesn't bother me. I think you should live your truth, be whoever you want to be. No problem. Absolutely. But I mean, to me, that's just such a liberal elitist move that's going to fire people up. 
and the and honestly, it's going to fire. And I know people say, "Oh, it's it's a one-off," and but I people are talking. I mean, I live in a very liberal county, right? I could throw a stone and hit a progressive, like <laughs> yeah. People talk, even some of my most liberal, uh, you know, colleagues or, or friends or, you know, acquaintances, they even think like the identity politics is just, it's gone so far. And honestly, there are liberal women who think, okay, this is getting out of hand now, right? Um, yeah. And, and you know... Eh, Small, small issues matter. And, you know, you know, we'll see. And listen, it's going to be a very interesting midterm. I think it's going to be a very interesting. um, But to your point, this is what the Dems do, too. They push it so far, they piss people off. And then it's like, right. Right. And that's that's my thing, too. And it was like defund the police, defund the police. Oh, shit. Cops are quitting. Crimes up can't defund the police that was terrible and now it's yeah so you're right i mean it's you know they push it push it push it but maybe that's a strategy from the progressives they push it as far as they feel they 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 actually over push it and they end up somewhere close to where they want it to be anyway either on policy or perception or funding or candidates whatever it is listen it's probably a very good strategy if if it's if it's if that if it's well, coordinated. Is it working though i mean is it is it working where do you i don't see know working i mean i think you're seeing i, I think in most districts that aren't truly progressive when a moderate runs against the progressive the moderate wins so I, yeah i think as i said uh, this country i think used to be center right i think it's a little center left but i think on some issues a lot of those center left folks move right because it's just like crazy right now. Right. I mean, you got Biden's approval rating in the, in the mid to high thirties, you know, he's touting how grass prices are coming down, but you know, three weeks ago he was saying it wasn't his fault. They were going up. Well, can't have it both ways there. Uh, you know, president Biden, his VP's approval ratings are in the low thirties. Um, well, all politicians do that. They all lie. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. I listen, but he's the president, right? We, yeah, but you and I said this. Lies, you and I, I said the exact same things about Trump. Sorry, Trump's not in office right now. They they want you to think he is, but he's not. Biden is, and his approval ratings are terrible. There's so many issues he can't get done. He's fist pumping Saudi Arabia's. <laughs> I mean, um, like that was so just. It's so discouraging, but also it's like, well, you know, we're going to continue to buy oil from them. You know, we're not going to stop. Um, you know, they're pushing electric cars on us like crazy. You know, they're trying to get everybody to get an electric car. Maybe and, that. And, and to your point, Sarah, you made a you made another really good point before. How, you know, if you look at Ron DeSantis, okay, and we could argue policy all day long with him whether he's qualified, not qualified, his policies are more right-wing, whatever. His messaging is excellent. You know what? He says blank aren't, you know, whatever. You know where he stands. But but not only that, quickly, like he made, he did a speech on, on oil. He goes, so, so we're told we can't drill more here, but we're going to buy more from Saudi. Okay. Got it. 
And people can process that quickly. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why are we doing that? Right? Why is Disney getting involved in identity politics? Why is so-and-so doing this? Why is Mayor Bowser upset that migrants are coming up from Texas or Arizona? Why is Mayor Adams in New York saying that they're, they're, they're overwhelmed with people, you know, uh, people coming from Latin America, migrants coming from Latin America? Do you know what people, you know what people think when you, they hear that? Boo-hoo. Texas and Arizona have been dealing with forever. And why don't you call your own president and say, well, your kind of somewhat open border policy is causing problems all over the place. Right. So you, to yeah, your point, you, you, messaging, messaging matters. Simplicity matters. Keep it simple, stupid. And, you know, common sense. People are like, yeah, you know what? I, you know, how the Republicans you're, are going to continue to win. I you're mean, a democratic city. You're the nation's capital. You should want to accept as many migrants as you can, right? You would think, but no, can't handle it. New York can't handle it, but Texas and Arizona can. So that's what people hear. And again, that's just one example, but no, you, you make a really good point on, 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 you know, on, I long for the president Obama days, you know, I mean, like, look, he was one of the toughest people on immigration. You know, we know that they they were a lot of, you know, returning people. They were probably separating okay. families, which is never good. But, you know, I mean, you know, he continued the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, you know, listen, my issue. Of, and listen, I, I, I think you're right on Obama. I I thought he, he should. My, my problem with Obama was I thought he should have did more. I thought he had the mandate in terms of popularity, charisma. I thought he wielded a lot more power than he used. That that was my biggest issue with him. When you look at his record now, he should have done more. But to your point, yeah. I mean, in terms of on the world, on the world stage, articulate, um, you know, being rational with issues, yeah, seeing things from them. seeing things from both sides. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I don't disagree with you. And listen, you know, people are, oh, you know, Eric Adams. I think Eric Adams got is off to a very rocky start in New York. Listen, I you know, again, I, we'll see. I, no one knows a lot about this guy, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, he's not even the governor yet, but. Um, yeah, we, need, we we I, I would agree. We need politicians who act, think, and work across party lines, and are not eighty years old like Obama. Uh, I, I, like, I would, Biden. like Biden. Uh, no, I'm saying like who are not oh, eighty like years Obama. old. Right, I gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. like Obama. Yeah. I mean, look, President Biden's in trouble, right? And I mean, you know, com compared to what we had with President Obama, Biden is super progressive. You know, I mean, he's he's much more now, of course, you know, that. Well, and and by the way, the alternative is an anti-democracy narcissist yeah, I mean, who, 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 honestly Awful. dangerous at some point. Right. So what are those are that those are potentially, again, our choices in 20. What are we doing here? There, there's something wrong and broken with our system. And that's why I talked about the system when we first started with independence or whatever. Same thing on the national stage. Our system is broken. 
when we may have a rematch in 2024 of Biden versus Trump. Something's not right in our country if those end up once again being our two choices. I'm sorry. Something's wrong. I, I just can't imagine that they would. I More so on the Trump side, because the sitting I, president, assuming he's not too old, should run again. But regardless, it's wrong. That should not be the rematch. Let's go. Like, where are the and again, I'm listen, age is just a, a number and you could be old. And old, you could be old and young, but the fact is, Biden's been a career politician, you know. So you know, all, all those years in the Senate, and now finally gets his shot. Not going well. Trump, we saw what that did. We saw how he acted when he lost. What are we doing here? We need new, new blood, new thoughts, new approach. Oh well, I I think it's one hundred percent Ron DeSantis. When I think. When, uh, I, I don't when under, I don't underestimate primaries. Again, I'm going to go back to primaries. General election. If there was a general election, Republican race, DeSantis would be Trump. General yeah. election, or even just independents and Republicans, DeSantis beats Trump. I think easily. I Primary too. only Republican voters in certain states. I. I, think- I- I just don't know who the Democrats put up. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Gavin Newsom, I mean, he looks the part, but I just think, I don't Listen, know. I think the guy from Illinois is, you know, kind of trying to get on the Pritzker there. Um, I mean, you I have know. the best idea of, you know, you flip a Larry Hogan, but they'll yeah, never. Do. I mean, no, never and not now. I think, so I think the fact that, Regardless of the fact that it was, you know, no independents got to vote, but the you know, fact remains, Republicans ignored Hogan in Maryland yeah. and and voted for um, a right wing <laughs> Trumper, yeah. right? That says a lot. That says a lot. I want to switch gears, though, and hit some local sports. Yeah, sports. What do you think of Juan uh, Soto? Bye bye, uh, Soto. Bye bye, Soto. By the way, Washington. <laughs> Why? 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 Okay. Washington sports fans, yeah, are not great. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They're they're not the most. No, they just the stuff you read, and and even some of the sports pundits in this town, like listen, they offered him four hundred forty million dollars for fourteen years, largest total monetary contract in the history of baseball more than trout got with the angels okay yeah on a per year basis i think it would rank like 18th but still 440 million okay and he turned it down he wants the open market so you know what go out trade them get some bodies rebuild your team is the worst in the national league right now maybe the worst in baseball and you have him on your team. Think about that. He's playing at an all-star level right now, and you're dead last. Mike Trout has been on the Angels for 11 years. They've won zero playoff games. Mike Trout is one for 12 in the postseason. That's his extent of postseason baseball because he plays on a terrible team, historically told. They also have Otani now, who is the reigning I believe MVP, pitcher and hitter, 
So they have Trout and Hotani, and they're still bad. When did the Nats win the World Series? When Harper left. Now, granted, he left for free agency. It wasn't a big trade thing. But the year after Harper leaves, they won the World Series, right? Baseball is the one sport where one player gets equaled out by bad players. I was listening to Colin Coward on uh, Fox Sports FS1. He made a great point. Baseball is the one sport where the best player, say Trout or Soto, gets maybe as many at-bats as the worst player in the lineup, or maybe they get one more per game depending if they're in the first four or five, you know, they kind of equal each other out. That doesn't happen. Tom Brady will touch the ball 60, 70% of the time. I mean, he'll touch it every snap and he'll, right. he'll, he'll throw the ball 60% of the time or whatever, right? Your best player in the NBA gets 25, 30 shots a game, touches the ball most of the time. Yeah. Right. So baseball is not a one person sport. It just not. You need, Unless you have the money to have like what the Yankees have, where your eighth player is as good as your third hitter, your eighth hitter. So goodbye. Bye-bye, Soto. Like, but Nats fans, they'd rather sign him or re-sign him and lose for 10 years. Like, I don't understand it. People are right. Oh, the goodwill of the World Series is gone. What? They offered the guy $440 million. These people are nuts. Just nuts. Uh all right, well, talk to me about, um, and then DC United getting Wayne Rooney. As- yeah, let's say, I think it's great. Rain, so Rooney was the head coach of uh, Derby. Without getting into a lot of details, Derby, okay. he walked into a tough situation. Derby was penalized for something with finances in, in, in their, in, they're in the championship league, the league below the Premier League. They got, uh, you know, they lost, they couldn't sign players. They got penalized points. So they started at like a deficit. So you know how it works. If you finish, you know, top three, you get move up. If you're bottom three, you get relegated. The, his team started off with a deficit of points. Okay? Wow. okay. Did an amazing job as the coach. Amazing. Almost right. got them to safety. Just it didn't happen. Uh, but listen, he did a fantastic job. And, you know, I think it's a great move. I don't think he'll be here very long. Uh, but I, I think it was a good move. Um, and, uh, especially, yeah, you know, listen, we're going into a world cup year. So, so listen, I think it's good for, for DC sports. Um, right. and by the way, DC I, got the, they have the major league, uh, soccer all-star game. Uh, I believe it's 2024. So, that, so listen, soccer's soccer's, you know, especially as a, you know, Fox station, we got the world cup coming and, and we're excited about that. So we love soccer. Believe yeah. me. All right. Uh, anything else you want to hit? Oh, man, we covered a lot. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to get through unedited. What do you think? <laughs> um, I think we may have a few edits. But that's okay. <laughs> Patrick, I mean, we have so much stuff. Maybe we need to just start podcasting twice a week. I mean, you know, yeah, what else are you you know, yeah. I mean, come on. We got to promote this. We got this was a good one. We got to promote this one. We we took some real stances. You say that every time. We never promote. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Maine. Loyal following. Okay, Patrick, we'll talk to you soon. By the way. Bye. bye.